just want to note that there are no fill in the blanks, okay? So I'm really sorry about that. I, I almost said, let's just erase things just so you have something to, to fill in. But these are, uh, this will just be a, a guide. I'll be following this actually pretty closely. Um, but uh, make sure you do have your Bibles out too, because we will be taking a peek at a, a few passages that aren't uh, listed there for you as well. Well, our morning uh, is going to be on prayer, so I think only appropriate then to take a moment and pray. Let's do that. Father, your word is, is so good, and it has been good to, again, think about and study and um, remember how good you are to give it, give it to us and that we can study it and grow in our knowledge and our depth of, of understanding and in our relationship with you through what you say and what you've given to us. And you've been clear in regard to prayer as well, that that is a gift and an invitation and a command. And now I pray that as we um, introduce that in our belongings class, that you would, that you would grow us in our in our, um, not only our knowledge of prayer, but Lord, in our practice and in the depth of our prayer. Uh, that's my prayer, prayer for each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So just last night, uh, we at the uh, special consistory meeting with elders and deacons approved a document that we have been working on tirelessly for quite some time. Actually, we did get tired. It was a lot of work. And it was, um, in the end, the document that we have and that we are ready to roll out, and you'll be receiving it. And if, if this is your uh, church, you'll be receiving it shortly. We'll be talking about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become a sermon series for us this summer. We're already working on, on that, and uh, we're excited about it. And, and one part of the document, which was rather long and, and includes a mission vision and all that kind of stuff, but one part of it had to do with prayer. And so it seemed only fitting then this morning that we would use that to at least launch us into a longer discussion and study, both corporately and then individually when you're on your own, on prayer. And so at the top, you will see that. You will see... Um, the statement, all of them, all of these statements, there are eight of them, start with a we believe and then transition into therefore we will. Okay? And so today we're going to primarily deal, and this week in your study, primarily deal with the we believe. This is what we believe about prayer. Now, you could say a lot of things about prayer, and that as a team, we found that very challenging. Of all the things that the Bible says about prayer, what can we say about it that's clear and concise that anyone can understand, whether you've been in church for a long time or never been in church, whether you agree with what we say or don't uh, agree, but what could we say that would really capture um, a lot of what Scripture says? And how we see it in, in this particular church. Okay, so backing up even one more step, what you've been discovering is that, you know, as you've gone through this kind of systematically, that God reveals himself to us, he says something to us, and then we respond, we do something. 
We, we're obedient in following what he says. So that's kind of been the pattern of this whole blogging, and that's going to be the way it is today. Here's, what, here's how we see God revealing himself to us in, in this whole area of prayer, the gift he's given, and then, and then there's a response. There's something that you and I have to do, that we get to do, that is a, not only a privilege, but also a responsibility and a, a discipline and an exercise. I mean, all these things that we could describe prayer as, a relationship, a conversation, okay? but that's, that's kind of how it goes. So if you look at the statement, it says this, we believe through conversation with God in prayer, we align ourselves with his will, releasing his power and blessing. Therefore, we will pray with humility and gratitude, expecting God's faithful response. So it's quite of a statement. It's, it, each word matters, and it, it, it means something. As we look this morning, uh, then you will see many passages of Scripture that follow up, and that's how it will go in our documents as well, where we have these statements, and then there's some supporting passages that, will, that, that we looked at. Now, again, we could include a lot more and may add you know, I was looking at a few today. I was like, oh, we could add that one. That would be so good. You know, but here are the ones that we have to start with. It's going to be a working, working document. So with pen in hand, here are a few things that I'd want you to do with that particular we believe statement. Would you circle, underline, or whatever it is that you like to do, the word conversation? Okay. That's primarily what we are going to be talking about next week, the, the practice of prayer. But we are saying about prayer that it's a conversation with God. That's a listening, you know, like all conversations. Well, most conversations should be some listening. <laughs> I'm not going there. Hey. Some listening and then some speaking. And the deeper the relationship, the, the, the closer the relationship, the more intimate the relationship is, that the deeper the conversation goes, not only of the speaking, the more we share of ourselves and our life, the more we listen, right? Isn't that true in relationships that we have? And that's clearly what we're saying about prayer, that prayer is a conversation. It's, there's something personal about it, and it's with God. And then this next line that I would want you to underline, and this is where we're going to spend quite a bit of time on this particular um, point today, is we align ourselves with his will. That is saying something very particular about what we believe about prayer. It's very distinct, and it's different than maybe what others would say about what prayer is or how they see it, and we're going to look at that today. But align ourselves with his will. And just, just one peek at a scripture where Jesus is so clear about this. That Jesus, in his, you know, Jesus went to his father, spent lots of time in prayer. He's, he shows us what that looks like. He is the one that we are following. Still draws us into this time of prayer. And even Jesus said, and I'd invite you to look at this in John 5, if you're inclined and have your Bible. John 5, um, verse 19 And it's talking about how the Pharisees are trying to kill Jesus, and they're, they're, they're um, in total disagreement with what he's saying because he's calling God his own father, making himself equal with God, and they understand that, and, 
And then here's what Jesus says to him. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. This whole idea that he's aligning himself. Jesus, in his prayer, he's aligning himself with the father's will. And again, that's what that second statement. And then, again, prayer is a blessing. And we are expecting that God's going to release his power and his blessing as we pray in response to that. Okay, and again, there's the therefore, and we will... um, deal with that uh, quite a bit more next week. And then you will see some passages, and then we invite you to turn over uh, the page. So, the question becomes then, when we look at this idea, we align ourselves with his view. It, give, with his view. it gives us a... Um, we have to have a view of God. I mean, who are you, who are you looking at when you pray? When I pray, what, what, what's in my mind? What, what's in my heart? Who am I praying to, for goodness sake? Uh, Susan was telling me that she went to a, a wedding or kind of over at the beach, of an employee kind of friend and stuff. And, you know, there was a woman doing a prayer there for them. And she says, you know, I, I didn't even close my eyes. It was just like I, we were praying to, I don't know who, the, like the universe or, you know, it was just, and, you know, and again, that, that's so, that's so much the norm. And, and so you're the peculiar ones, quite frankly. I am when we are, when we are saying we are praying to a God who we can know and we can love, who knows us and, you know, so who are you praying to? What do you have in your mind? How, how you view God, how I view God has a lot to do then with how we're going to pray, how we're going to understand him. And there are a lot of views of God. I had to go way back. I had to pull back youth ministry stuff to remember. How did I remember explaining this to students, these, these view of God? And so I'm pulling it back, all right? So, so here you go. Here's, here's a couple views of God. Very prevalent now in the church, in this church, all right? So one is that God is the sheriff, all right? And he's a little angry, and he has an eagle eye, and so he's looking at you every day, watches you, sees every step you take, every move you make. What's the next? Every vow you break, I'll be watching you, right? Right? I mean, we get this in our head, and he has a gun, and he's going, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. See, you, you've been here. You're probably in my youth group, aren't you? That... <laughs> right? Make my day. And so he's just like, and he's watching, and, and he just unloads on us, and he punishes us. This view of God is that he's the sheriff, that he's watching, he's very just, and he's watching us. He's watching us to punish us. He's always just watching us to make sure we don't mess up. And then when we, when we go to God, ask, ask that, then we're going, yeah, we don't deserve it. And he's going, what? After all that, you, you think I'm going to answer your prayer after all that? It's, it's this very legalistic, it's very justice, and some of us are wired that way. And we've got we to gotta ask ourselves, how, how do I view God? And I've been hearing this, I haven't been hearing this, you know, in my coming and going, it, it, it kind of breaks my heart where people are 
way into their life, and they're, they're still seeing God that, well, you know, he's just punishing me. He's punishing me. That's why these people are dying, or this is happening. He's just punishing me. And it's a view of God, and it changes the way we interact with him, and it changes our prayer life. So that's one way. Okay, so that's one view. Okay, the other way, this, this is real prevalent. So, you know, it's the waiter idea. Oh, oh, hello. Welcome. I'm here to serve you. Can I, I, I'm sorry I didn't get here sooner. I know. I'll, I'll try to be faster next time. I just wasn't expecting you. It was like, what well, was last Easter since the last time you talked to me? <laughs> oh, what? Oh, do I have that list? Uh, yes, I do have that list. Yeah. So, what is it that I can get you? I'll, I'll just try to be faster. Okay? And we make our list. And this is sometimes a view of God is that it's all just someone who is at our beckon call that he owes us, that he needs to come running and he needs to take our list. And it's, and, and it's here's the big one. It's on our time. So I asked and it's like... You know, like at a restaurant. Like, like, I'm not coming to this place again. It's just it's like slow service. I, I don't like this. Right? And we get used to that. It's how we live our life. And, and then it changes how we pray and how we respond and how we wait. We're not too good at it sometimes. So that's another view of God. And then we have the party planner. I'm, I'm just not going to go ridiculous on this, but I got, you know, I got... I got party favors for all of us. I got balloons, you know, the whole thing. But, you know, this whole idea of a view of God, a ridiculous kind of silly view of God with the value of this. God wants me to be happy, right? The view, again, and it can get quite silly with this, but it's, you know, it's just... Oh, those reformers, they're just always so serious, and they talk about sin, and it's all, you know, it, the life is fun, and let's say, you know, we want to have a party, and boy, I can't wait till we get to heaven, we're just going to, you know, it's this whole idea, God wants me to be happy, and it's like, all these bad things, let's just, it has to be good, okay, it's a bad view of God, it changes the way we pray, for sure, and then, then just the final one is this idea that, we have a view that God has to stay in our box. He has to stay in the box. He's kind of old. Okay, he's kind of old because he's been around for a while, and you know he's kind of antiquated. This is 2014, after all, and so I'm going to live my life. God, you just stay in your box, and I'll call you when I need you, and you know until then, you know not so much. No, uh, no, yes, I'm not. I don't have time for you. Okay, so this idea that. God is in our box, and you know the value there, and I, I have to watch myself on this, is the value there, when we start finding ourselves putting God in a box, is that we want him safe, and we want him predictable. And I'll just say the same thing that I often say to myself, good luck with that. You know, good luck with that. God, you know, C.S. Lewis did such a nice job at and of shaping this up in his children's stories about, you know, God being good, Jesus being good, but he's not, you know, not safe, not tame 
know, in, in the sense of that we can tell him what to do and keep him in a box and that he's going to be somehow predictable. Okay, so those are some views of God. Now, in our tribe, in, in our kind of in our way, there, there are a few things that we really emphasize and it really Im- impacts prayer. And one of the things that we emphasize is the sovereignty of God. And so you will be studying about that this week. There are a number of passages that you'll be looking at. We'll look at it for a few moments right now just to kind of introduce this. Maybe it's been a while since you've thought about the sovereignty of God or even what sovereignty is all about. But again, sovereignty, the sovereignty of God implies that there is a sovereign, you know, the, the one who is in charge. There is God, and we believe that God is sovereign. Okay? And so some definitions there. Sovereignty means rule. And the sovereignty of God means that God rules over his creation with absolute power and authority. He determines what is going to happen. And it does happen. God is not alarmed, frustrated, or defeated by circumstances, by sin, or by the rebellion of his creatures. Another definition from a slightly different angle. It's all about God. Those of us who speak with a Reformed accent hold a very high view of God's sovereignty, God's plan, God's will, God's power. Everything that happens in the world, from the acts of nations to the faith of individuals, is ultimately under God's sovereign control. Strong statements and will change the way you and I see prayer. And how we actually do pray. It's hard for us, <laughs> that, that whole thing. You know, we're, we're not in a day where we are used to other people being absolute sovereign over us. We have this independent kind of streak and we, we live in the U.S. <laughs> so um, it's hard. It's hard in some ways, it's hard. It, it always has been. In the Middle Ages, especially when the Reformation was swirling, there was, there were, you know, there, there was this big control battle over, you know, who was sovereign? Who was in control? Yeah, Jesus, God, he, they're sovereign of the church in heaven. But how about on earth? Who's, who's in charge here? Well, of course, you, you know from that history that, you know, the, the Pope was was one of the key people who was in charge, the, the sovereign on, on earth. And that was one of the thoughts of people. And of course, because it involved, because it was lucrative and involved control and power, of course, kings and monarchs and said, no, no, in this country, I'm in control. I am sovereign over the church, over people. God can have heaven, but, you know, this is mine, right? And then each one of us in our own hearts is, have it also, then I'm sovereign. <laughs> I'm, I'm in control. I want to control my life. I'm, I'm the one. And so there we have another battle at times in our heart of hearts when we're going to God in prayer, where we again have to yield and submit and understand that God is sovereign, and I'm praying to God, and I'm, I'm looking, God, to align my will with yours. Not somehow arm twist you, somehow, 
you know, kind of give you my list, somehow um, coerce you into doing something that you don't want to do. I'm looking to align my will with your sovereign will. So a few scriptures there that one just read. I mean, just to let this sovereign uh, doctrine just kind of wash over you through these scriptures where it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. If your hand, in your hand are power and might, and in your hand is, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Psalm 115, verse 3, very shortened to the point. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Paul picks this up in Romans 9. It's in a bigger section. I invite you to take a look at that, especially when you're looking at the questions in your study about sovereignty early on. It asks you to go to Scripture and you know, explore that idea. But Romans 9 would be a good place. It's, it's all about it. And you can tell Paul is just wrestling around this because of the impact that it has on his people, etc. But here's what he says. Has the potter no right over the clay? To make out the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? I mean, without going into way, a lot of detail, basically he's just saying, listen, listen, when we're talking about the sovereignty of God, it can be almost like you and I are like just lump of clay. And we're in God's hand and he, he can do with us. We're his it's a, strong, it's a strong and sometimes dissettling kind of um, thing. But we also find great comfort in that as well. Because we know that God is a good God. Right? And he can be trusted. And that he can, he's going to provide. And he's, you know, I mean, again, we have, we have so much of a scripture that just, again, points to this benevolent God who um, is intimately and interested in, in your life and your family's life and your kid's life. And he, in all his majesty, and all his glory, cares about his people, the people he calls. Now, when we take this sovereignty, there's a, there's a danger here. I, I spoke about it in church last week, a couple weeks ago or whatever, um, That re- there's a danger that causes great prayerlessness in our, in our day and in our tribe in some ways. And that is when we take sovereignty too far, I, I said put it on steroids. You know, if we take fatalism, when we take sovereignty, that whole doctrine, put it on steroids, take it too far, further than it's meant to go, it leads us to something that's called fatalism. And I hear it, again, bleed through a lot of times in conversations, and it's it's this idea that somehow it really doesn't matter what we want. It really doesn't matter um, that we would pray for the things that we see or the, the problems we see. And, you know, because God's just going to do what he's going to do. And, you know, 
And it's almost like this detachment has great impact, this whole idea, in a negative sort of way on our prayer. Because when we start thinking that way, despite the Bible saying over and over and over and over and over and over, pray, pray, pray without ceasing, come to me any time, all of those kinds, despite it saying that being so very clear about the fact that we need to be people of prayer, not prayerless, prayerful, more full of prayer. Despite that, when we get this in our head, like, well, it doesn't matter anyway because God's going to do what he's going to do. He's sovereign. So I'm just, instead of going to go to the prayer time, you know, I'll just go do whatever I'm going to do because it really doesn't matter anyway. It impacts our prayer and it impacts our evangelism. In, in, our, in our tribe, it does. When we believe, okay, God is going to call who he's going to call, it's all on his side of the page, which it is. The Bible's clear on those kind of things. But it's his deal. And despite him telling us over and over and over, go into all the world, share the good news of Jesus, evangelize, go make disciples. I mean, again, over and over and over, it talks about that being of utmost priority. For the church, as a matter of fact, when we went with Bill Hoyt, our consultant, he said, you know, you, don't, you guys don't get to pick the mission of the church. That was given to you. That was called the great co-mission. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know what I'm saying? Go make that. We don't, we don't get a choice on that. See, but when we get real steroids kind of sovereignty kind of thing going over here, then we go, well, that's someone else's. Not my gift, not my call. That's someone else's deal. Someone else will do that. The Assembly of God guys will do that. Okay? We, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so let me get off that box. Okay, so, so we've got to watch ourselves with this. Because, and it just changed gears. Because when Jesus was among us, He revealed something about a sovereign God and how to approach him and what to do and even what words to use. And when he taught us to pray, the first thing he said is, this is how you pray. You pray, our Father, who art in heaven. Yeah, he's not here, you know, but our Father. It's this, this invitation, again, to have a relationship with someone and a father. And I know for some of us that that's just makes total sense. We've had good upbringings and some of those, some of us have had horrible upbringings. So the very thought of it being a father, I know can really be a, a, a stumbling block and a challenge. And we want to be here. You have people here who will be here for you that. But when God, is, when Jesus is saying, this is how I want you to pray. Our father in heaven. He is, he is thinking about the very best possible Father, that you could ever have infinitely better, eternally better, amazingly better than any earthly father has ever been. And he's saying, that's how I want you to pray. That's, that's the relationship, our father who art in heaven. He would go on to say, this is in your notes, but if you look at Matthew 9, Matthew 9 I believe. Could be Matthew 7. 
Which of you, Matthew 7, verse 9, there it is. Is that right? Which of you, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will will you give him a stone or ask for a fish and give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Luke 11 takes it a little different twist, very much the same on the front end. Luke 11, verse 11, if you go the end of his statement there, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And similar statements, but one is saying, listen, God's a good God. And if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give good gifts to his children? He's a good God. And then, and then he even kind of this idea of give his Holy Spirit this, you know, don't you just hear him say, I want to give you more of me. I, wa- I want you to know more of who I am and my character, my heart. Again, so you can line up with what I'm doing. I want to give you more of myself in prayer. Seek those kind of things. Not just what I can give you, but seek me, seek my face, seek my heart. See what's on my heart for the people around you and, and pray in that direction. That's why, you know, again, we'll deal with this more next week, but that's why it's always so great to pray the scriptures, to pray the Psalms, pray what, what's on his heart already, what he's already told us. Uh, Tim Brown, Dr. Brown has helped us with that so much, some of those kind of tools, but more on that later. We see Jesus over and over, going to the Father, often alone with his disciples, together early in the morning, late at night. And he's, he's seeking this, this intimate relationship with the Father, seeking to align his life, his ministry, his call on earth with what the Father has. And yet we see him too going, Lord, let this pass from me, you know? We see him just crying his heart, saying, I, I, I don't want, the, I, but your will. Just so amazing, isn't it? Really, I mean, and this is what we came to many times when we were going through this whole, the, this whole work of... of um, writing these statements. And, you know, we, so often when we're in God's words, like, oh, God is just so good. He's, who is like him? And, and how are we going to get this? And, he, you know, we'd pray and ask him to help us. And it was, it was really a great, again, great time to be in the word and in prayer and really working in unity to hear what he's saying, to, to make some clear, concise statements. Not, it's not the Bible. It's not the end all for sure. But it was just so helpful. And just kept coming back to this, like, wow, God in all his majesty, all his sovereignty, that he, that he cares. So three stories. I'm just going to tell three very formative stories um, for me when it came to prayer, when, when I was a kid. God in all his sovereignty, and his all his power, creative, you know, beyond. So we went to the baseball game. <laughs> Candlestick Park. It was bat day. Pretty excited. 
Dad took my brother and myself, and we were at Candlestick Park, only to realize that a lot of other people had the same idea. And we had it, you know, it was before the internet and all that, before StubHub and all that stuff. It was like, oh, no tickets. You know, that was about an hour and a half trip from Ripon, and, you know, so there were dad, like, oh, man, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? And my dad says, well, let's pray. So there we are, people everywhere, going up and down. Everyone has a ticket, okay? God, we just ask you to help. I forget the prayer, but we prayed, okay? We prayed. And he's kind of walking, he's going, hmm, I'm going to go over there to, the, to that will call. Let's just see. I think I should go to that will call. So he goes to the will call. He says, hey, you know, just realizing that, you know, there's all the tickets. Yeah, hey, as a matter of fact, sir, just had someone call, and these tickets aren't going to be used. Okay, so we got to go to that day. Okay? Candlestick Park. Now, okay, so a lot of ways to explain that. Yeah, just, you know, just is. But to me, God's sovereign. He's big. You can't understand him. He's, there's so much mystery. And, um, but he kind of seems like he cared about us. Lake Berryessa, second story. Lake Berryessa. We were camping, and we were coming from up north from Oregon in my grandparents' camper. And we were coming down, and we stopped at Lake Berryessa. Now, those of you who know me, know our family, you just got to know that we love water skiing, right? Grew up on the lake, love water. Never had a boat, never, to this day. (laughs) (laughs) But here we are at beautiful Lake Berryessa, and it was beautiful, and we're camping there, and we pull in in the late afternoon, um, early evening, have some dinner, and somehow in the prayer, you know, Lord, we'd be, you know, great to, to go water skiing tomorrow, right? So my dad comes back from the restrooms, the camp spot, and he, he's just, he goes, you, this is funny. He says, um, some, a couple of guys came into the, the bathroom, and I just said, well, how's it going? He said, oh, not so good. I go, well, what's wrong? What's uh, you know, my, I, you'd have to know my dad. Some of you know my dad. He does not know a stranger at all. So, you know, so he says, well, what's wrong? What's, what's going on? Well, we, you know, we got this boat, and it's just the two of us, and we can't ski because we don't have an observer. And <laughs> So the next day, we were water skiing on Lake Berryessa. Now, God, in all his sovereignty, and all his majesty, and all his creative power, and just seemed like he kind of cares about me. So on our street, 532 Fur Court, it's a cul-de-sac. My buddy, uh, who I grew up with playing baseball, the whole thing, lived at the end of the street, has a swimming pool over there, daily over there. I mean, summer, you know, never wore shoes, that whole kind of thing. Hey, and... Across the street of the cul-de-sac lived Jamie Thompson. He was three or four years older than I am, was much taller, and he was a bully. And so he made my life miserable for a while. And so we were at dinner, and it was part of prayer, Lord, help. 
I go to the door, front door, we're at the dinner table, it's Jamie Thompson. Just want to say, I'm sorry, I won't bother you anymore. And so God, in all his majesty, and all his glory, and all his, his infinite, eternal power, it seemed, it seems like he cares about answering prayers, knowing what's on it. And I could go on, and so could you. You, you could go on and on and finish this And you could tell time after time where you have been very specific in your request, in your seeking of God, and it is aligning with what God wills, and you experience the blessings, the answers, and the joys of a God who cares for his people. And he says over and over and over, you know, come, come to me, talk to me, pray to me. And then we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what God can do in prayer. This, uh, this week, you will be, you will be uh, challenged, as I was, when looking at scriptures, again, looking at the sovereignty of God, looking at some of these wrestling points, like, well, how, what does it mean? How does it work? And all those kind of things. And uh, you will be, again, urged to... <laughs> Please, please understand that this is kind of a course. It's, it's the basics and all that. And I love what Sarah and Jeff have been doing. This has just been outstanding. But understand that whether, well, I didn't have fill in the blanks. But, you know, if you can fill in the blanks or you can read this through, you know, that's all fine. But particularly when we are looking at studying the Bible and praying, we don't want to just know about it up here. We, it has to translate to, actually, you want to know the best way to learn how to pray? Pray. Learn. Just pray and do your, you know, I mean, with, with help for sure, but kind of on-the-job training. Right? So let me pray. Father, thanks so much um, for your goodness, and I pray now that you would um, guide and, you know, each conversation now, again, in such a way that, again, we are more amazed uh, with who you are and more inclined, more eager, just yeah, eager to spend time with you, to listen and to talk. In Jesus' name, amen.